Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. My name is Joe Quazala, and I am cursed with knowing too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With me, uh, as always, via Zoom video chat, is someone who's also cursed, but in a different way, because she doesn't want to know anything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but yet here she is anyway, Kristen Suttered. Hi, Kristen. Hello. I truly have been cursed uh, to co-host this podcast until the end of time or until the end of the rock hall, maybe. Yeah, which will come first? That's Which will come first? Big question. Um, what will fall first? The rock hall, democracy. Civilization. End of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's <laughs> well, uh, with us today, very excited to have this guest, you know, someone who also knows a lot about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll find out if he believes that that is a curse as well. Uh, he is a music journalist for Cleveland.com and covers everything Rock Hall. If you get, whenever I get news about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, usually it's coming from him. It's Troy Smith. Hey, Troy. Hey, guys. Yeah, they pay me, so it's not that much of a curse <laughs> to know as much as possible about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, you get money as, as some sort of exchange. We're operating at a loss, Kristen. <laughs> a huge loss. Oh, man. We got to get on the Rock Hall's payroll. Maybe I'll be nicer about them if I got on, if I got on the Rock Hall beat. They yeah. pay a lot. They pay a lot. Well, the Rock Hall pays a lot. My company, I, they pay me well, but the Rock Hall pays its people very well. <laughs> Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about how you became like one of the the more definitive Rock Hall journalists. So you live in Cleveland, obviously. Uh, are you from Cleveland? No, I I'm from Rochester, New York. I was an entertainment and music reporter there. And one day I got a call from a job recruiter who's like, hey, there's this job in Cleveland. And I was like, well, you can stop right there. I'm not moving to Cleveland. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's in Cleveland other than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And because LeBron had just left. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's at a, a, a true nadir of cultural relevance. <laughs> exactly. You know, it was a ghost town when I visited the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when I was like 21. And they said, look, just come down. You could visit the Rock Hall. So like, whatever. 
I, I was starting my own magazine at the time. I had, had, you know, had some free, free time to kill. Drove down, liked the setup they had. And I originally wasn't supposed to cover the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was a writer for the newspaper, The Plain Dealer, which uh, we also own, you know, their partner organizations with Cleveland.com. And one day, the head of the company came to me and said, hey, we want to send you to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. This was the 2014 ceremony in New York, but we can't afford a hotel. And I said, well, my best friend, uh, who's the best man at my wedding, lives in New York. I'll just crash on his futon. And they were like, all right, you're going. And since then, I've just been obsessed with trying to break as much news as possible from the Rock Hall. Oh, wow. What, what was the 2014 ceremony? I bet Joe can tell us off the top oh, of his head. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. That's a great one. That's the Linda Ronstadt Nirvana one. <laughs> Why do you well, start with really Linda good. Ronstadt? <laughs> well, I start with Linda Ronstadt for Kristen. That's that's <laughs> okay. I really okay. liked <laughs> that tribute that they did, the performance that they did. for The, the Nirvana performance is the is like a high yeah, point. Well, yeah. yeah. I have to tell you, when you talk about the performance, which was uh, what uh, Emmy Lou Harris... Stevie Nicks, Carrie Underwood, and somebody tell Bonnie me. Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. So we're in the press room, and they come backstage before the performance. And I kid you not, Carrie Underwood had to be the most beautiful human being I'd ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like, you know how you see people, they're like, they don't really look like that in real life. Mm-hmm. No, she looked mm-hmm. like that in real life. Yeah, she had a glow. I, there was I, an aura, well, as they would say, as Dave Chappelle would say about Prince. There was well, an aura. <laughs> Now, had they just performed or were they going right out before, to right? Right Yeah, before. they came out before. And I remember there was this guy from Howard Stern there. I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> he's asking questions. Well, he's and... a big Rock Hall person, too. Isn't <laughs> well, he? Baba like, Booey, Gary, is a voter. I know. Okay, so. I don't know if that was him, though. I don't remember either. I just remember asking this question. And I don't remember what it was, but it really pissed Stevie Nicks off. And she goes, <laughs> why are you? She's like, why are you asking this? And he goes, it's for the Howard Stern show. And she goes, oh, yeah, go tell him to go F himself. And, and the whole room's just dying. That's great. Of course, I'm still staring at Carrie Underwood, but, you know. <laughs> well, also, Carrie Underwood was probably, she was, like, harnessing all the power she was about to. She really blew the roof off of that fucking performance, that the Linda Ronstadt performance. I was like, this is really good. Wow, they have all these legends out here doing it up. And then Carrie Underwood, well, what's she doing here? And then she was so amazing in that performance. I actually didn't care about her at all until (laughs) I saw her. She was terrified. I could tell you that backstage. Oh, she yeah, was bet. very timid. She was very timid. Backstage at the Rock Hall ceremony is crazy, especially in New York, because crazy stuff happens. St. Vincent came back, who wound up performing with Nirvana. The first person, she was the first person to come back. And that night, she was supposed to perform in Cleveland. So I'm sitting there like, what the hell are you doing here? And everyone's wondering, like, why are you here? And she goes, oh, I'm performing with Nirvana. The press people are like, that's supposed to be a surprise. And they're trying to like <laughs> usher her off stage and they're trying to take everybody's phones. They're like, you can't tweet this. You can't, yeah. you can't let anyone know. And of course, everybody at that point had already tweeted it. So at that's that point, Cleveland.com had once again broken the story. <laughs> I almost got kicked out of the, I thought I was going to get kicked out of the press room, honestly. I guess I, I forgot about that. But yeah, that was the who was performing with Nirvana was a closely guarded secret. And yeah, there was all speculation. Is it going to be Eddie Vedder? Is Dave Grohl going to do it? Is Michael Stipe, who inducted them, is he mm-hmm. going to do it? And they went with four women, which was awesome. 
Yeah. That was one of the only great ceremonies that we watched. Like but you have I'm to so remember, re- Kristen, that is also the E Street Band. Is that band the E Street Band one? <laughs> I, God. Oh, you know how many cups of coffee I had to drink in the press room at, you know, 11 o'clock at night to get through an hour, over an hour of the E Street Band in Bruce Springsteen. Is it, it was, it was over an hour of just speeches. Just them. There's speech, well, with, with Bruce. So Bruce and their speeches over an hour. And then they performed. performed. Yeah. Hall and Oates went on after them. Daryl Hall was so pissed when he came backstage. (laughs) They were like, what'd you think? He goes, I don't know why they let 10 guys get up there and talk for 10 minutes each. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and everybody, and, and we are waiting for Nirvana to go on. So we're yeah. like, okay, Daryl Hall, shut up. We're trying to watch Nirvana on the big screen. He had it the worst. They had it the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And also Daryl speaks for us all. Oh, for Honestly, sure. Oof. I, yeah, I bet everybody in the press room was like, yeah, for sure. That that sucked. <laughs> it did. We were all, we were all like... I was falling asleep. I was so tired. I'm drinking coffee at 11 at night. I'm just like, how long is this going to go? And I still see Steve Van Zandt has to come out. You know, he ain't going to shut up. So <laughs> he's waiting to go last so he can say it all. You know, right. and then, they came, then they came backstage and talked for like a half hour. So are you usually in the press room for the ceremonies? Yeah, for some reason, they keep, just, they keep us caged in there. They don't like us to bounce between the public hall or, or the Barclays Center arena and the backstage. But what's interesting is we have a live feed of the show. And even if you, the press people that do request to go into the arena, they sit them all the way in the back at like a card table mm-hmm. <laughs> with their yeah. laptops. Yeah. But you weird things like you're in the back of the Barclays Center waiting in line and they let you in, got on all these back stairwells. And I remember for the last ceremony I was there, I think it was the Pearl Jam one. I come out because Yes was inducted. I come down the hall, turn the corner, and I bump into this guy. And I'm like, whoa. And it's uh, Getty Lee from Rush. Wow. <laughs> he's tall. Dude is tall, man. Interesting. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, sorry, I didn't. And I'm like, no, you're good. I'm just going to go pretend that That's I didn't bump into you. He's going to kick me out again. Kick me out of the press room for bumping sounds, into Getty Sounds Lee. like uh, he was in a rush. <laughs> No, he's literally just standing there doing nothing, <laughs> waiting for a beer or something. He was in no rush at all. Uh, Wait, rush is Canadian, though, too, yeah. Very much, like the most okay, Canadian. True. So my story joke also works. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I, I was, you know, just we, we did kind of roll through that. and I, <laughs> no, I was too eager to say my, my bad one. Uh, um, so we both made bad jokes, and, you know. I still love you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so wait, did you say 2017 was the last one you've actually been to? Uh, the one in New York. Uh, okay, um, right. Because you know I don't count the Bon Jovi ceremony. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that was in Cleveland, but no. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember what the last one I saw in New York was. God, I'm like losing. I'm losing my mind. Uh, losing track of these. Right. Sermons. That wasn't the last one. I just I had was there last year for Def Leppard. I'll yeah, call but the I Janet Jackson uh, induction. Right, but I got the flu that week oh, so i fly it so i i don't know if you guys remember this i think i emailed a bunch of us rock hall insiders i'm like i want to do this yes. cool thing in new york mm-hmm. and then i so like two hours after i land i'm like huh sweating a lot um <laughs> i feel good so i take my temperature I'm walking down the streets in new york with my best friend and i have a thermometer in my mouth and i'm like dude is this weird he goes anywhere but new york this would be very weird. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I have a temperature of like 102. He's like, we Jesus. should go back to my apartment. So I slept for like three days until the ceremony. And you're right. That was the Janet Jackson one. 
And let me tell you, people got hurt when Janet Jackson came backstage. People are climbing chairs, jumping over each other for their Instagram photos. Yeah. <laughs> Not even for work, just for their own personal like yeah. Instagram and TikTok. Oh, that'll get some <laughs> likes, no doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember you, you, you referenced this, but I don't know, Kristen, if you remember, when we were in New York, I had told you we were maybe going to do a podcast. Like a panel or there was something. a panel, yeah. Like a round yeah, table, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah. to do that. And I land and, and I'm just wiped and, and I got the flu and my bosses are like, you're going to be able to go to the ceremony. I'm like, I have to, you know, um, <laughs> there's nothing more important. Of course. I was going to, I was dying. By the time Def Leppard got up there and started reading their Wikipedia page, I'm like, I, <laughs> I gotta leave. I can't, can't stay here anymore. Shit. It's better to get the flu in 2019 than 2020. I think we can all agree on that. Well, you know, at least if you have the flu, you could sit home and watch the the Rock Hall HBO special. <laughs> right. HBO and HBO Max. We want to make it clear. Please. HBO Max. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably how most people will watch it. Like, it's well, funny with HBO Max, it's like HBO to me, it doesn't exist anymore. Because it's like, yeah. I want to make sure we, we cover every year that you were there. Yeah, though, I, I know we, okay. we skipped a little bit forward. We talked about 2014. I don't know if there's anything else there. We can move on. It, went, it came back to Cleveland for 2015 with the Joan Jett, uh, Bill Withers year. Yeah, best ceremony. Maybe one of the best events I've ever been to, honestly. Oh um, just because yeah, it's two Beatles. We just leave it at that, right? It's like, right. It's the Ringo two, year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two Beatles, Green Day. The way they produce that, too, if you remember, it starts and it just like, ladies and gentlemen, Joan Jett. And they, she walks out and the way they had a camera angle, it was just perfect. behind her. Yeah. There was no Jan Winter BS, none of that. Just Joan Jett's coming out. It was, it was cool. That was a good ceremony too. And I remember really liking who. So who was it? It was Joan Jett. It was Green Day. It was um, Paul Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Paul Butterfield, amazing. The surprise for me. I was like, wow. Turns out this band kicks ass. Never heard of them. And uh, it was Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. John Mayer and and Gary Clark Jr. and Doyle Bramhall just trading solos for like a half hour. It was oh incredible. yeah, was that the John Mayer? guitar speech no that was that was albert king oh, albert yeah. King. uh bill withers i think i don't remember if we said and then is that the steve where stevie wonder performed yeah and he sat next oh god i loved that that, that was, was really sweet. sweet and lou reed oh great. yes oh also a really great induction speech on that one mm -hmm. and then and then ringo star uh yeah, takes over the show <laughs> not voted in but <laughs> nah. i think the story goes uh paul mccartney called the rock halls like hey if you put ringo in I'll show up. And they're like, okay, that's done. Let's do that. <laughs> that's all you need. I mean, I'm okay with that. Because that, right? that, I mean, there's a lot to that specific induction of Ringo that I thought was really cool and was interesting. Like they didn't do a normal package. They did a cool uh, pre-produced thing where everyone's at the same drum set talking about his drum style. And I thought that was very different for the hall and like really fun to watch. Yeah. And I thought it, it helped too because you kind of write off Ringo like why is Ringo being inducted mm -hmm. in the end you don't really have a problem with the Beatle being inducted but it showed his influence for sure and that was also inducting Ringo you can and it, it had been a long time both before and since where you can get a true jam at the end where people actually want to be on stage with each other <laughs> you just you know you can't really get that like 2019 where you're like who wants to get up there and join Def Leppard? It's like not a lot oh, of people. <laughs> dear God. Sadly, <laughs> you know, it would be cool if fucking Janet Jackson got up there with Def Leppard, but that's just not going to happen. But when you get Ringo, 
as the foundation and Paul McCartney. Literally everyone there came out. It well, was- after actually the show went off air, Janet got up there. They did Black Cat and <laughs> yeah. it went into, no. Um, Janet was in and out. So much ass. I know. I mean, but that's the kind of stuff. That's what the only thing in my mind that makes the hall worthwhile is stuff like that, where it is weird crossover stuff, the tribute performances where you get like really cool, relevant people working together, surprises when you have women performing for primarily male bands, inductions, things like that, where if Def Leppard would have played Black Cat, I mean, that that would have been fucking cool. That Mm -hmm. would have been a, a surprise. And it also, I think... Oh, I have a million could have, would have. <laughs> well, you have to remember too, like we go back to this, the 2014 ceremony. I spoke with Ace Fraley and he said that they were supposed to do Highway to Hell uh, with him, Tom Morello, Bruce Springsteen, everybody. But the E Street Band got ruined everybody's life. They ruined the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, they ate, ate up all the time. Yeah, there's a noise ordinance. Like they have to shut down and, and reset up for basketball or whatever in mm-hmm. New York. So... Yeah, they had to cut that off. The E Street Band, really, a multitude of sins. They literally could have just said, and we put in the E Street Band, and then that would have been that. <laughs> and they get, I mean? they get like, up where they're sitting, and they just wave. <laughs> they say, thank you. Well, that's the crazy thing, too. Like, they're not even one of, you know, you have, the, as you guys know, you have the performers that mm-hmm. get in, and then everything else is supposed to be secondary. Like, we're going to give the five royals and their surviving family members two minutes on stage oh but if the e street band gets a specialty award you know yeah well because also you know when they did that recon backing bands in 2012 with like the crickets and the comets and the famous flames and everything they didn't have each of them go to the podium they just had them like stand (laughs) on stage and they they like passed a mic wedding yeah yeah (laughs) and and let them just say like a few words and like how how is that really any different from Bruce Springsteen's backing band it, it, on paper, you know, but it's I mean, John, Landau. John Landau, John yeah. Landau, John uh, Landau, Steve Van Zandt, who, you know, and look at me, Ringo. I, I love, you know, it's the Beatles, whatever, you know, but close the show. And that was a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> yeah. It was musical excellence. And the, you don't, you're probably not going to see that again, unless they decide to induct. Actually Mick Jagger just called to have Keith Richards and that'll never happen. Actually. Now that I say that out loud, I'm like, nah, that's yeah, not happening. <laughs> I, I hope not. All right. Yeah. So 2015, very, very cool year with, with Ringo and literally everybody seeming to be happy, <laughs> you know, like that was the other thing about Ringo. It was. Everyone that was, was a like, crazy. I'm excited. That was a crazy week, guys. I mean, we're in Cleveland. Green Day plays the House of Blues here in front of like 1,500 people on that Thursday before. Oh, wow. And they hadn't performed together in a few years. And then that Friday for rec- was Record Store Day. So Dave Grohl, whose grandmother lives in a small town in Ohio, Foo Fighters do a show at some record store that only fits 99 people. And I've managed to, you know, worm my way into, there you go. <laughs> into that. And I'm like... When they came out and I'm in this venue, I'm like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Uh, I asked the security guard, how many people are you? He goes, well, you? 99. I was like the last person to walk in and I'm like, wow. And then he he drove his motorcycle to Cleveland to play with Joan Jett. So there is that perk to the week ahead of time when the ceremony is in Cleveland. You know, obviously it's like no big deal for New York when the ceremony is <laughs> happening. They're not but you know, Cleveland really it they it, there's a full like induction week of activities and events where the inductees could drop in and often do, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they were trying to do something even bigger this year. They called it Induction Week, and they were going to have all these shows like Eric B. and Rakim. They, the, basically, the Rock Hall gave money to local venues to get bigger acts than they normally would the week of the Rock Hall ceremony. Wow. That and I could, would have been so yeah. cool. I mean, I, I do not care. I mean, I, <laughs> I know that I sound like maybe a little wistful. I'm wistful for everything. I'm wistful for travel. I'm so wistful for live music. And Trey Reznor, this was not confirmed, confirmed, but he was very interested, we'll say, in playing the week of at a, at a venue like the Agora or one of the historical venues in Cleveland. So there was likely going to be a Nine Inch Nails performance where the band was born uh, here in Cleveland that yeah. week. I think it would have felt fun to be there. Like, wow, everything's yeah. happening. Cleveland yeah, I was rock. excited. I, I was very, you know. Look at Diddy was coming, okay? <laughs> Diddy was coming to Cleveland for the first time in however long Diddy has came to yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, so, remarkable. And yeah. listen, I'll I'll break the news here. We were we were mulling the idea <laughs> of doing a live podcast in Cleveland. We really were. We With were Diddy. With Diddy. <laughs> Diddy was gonna be there. He was our potential special guest. Whoa. We had a um, lot of potential special guests. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully someday live performance in general can come back. But then yeah. ho- hopefully I, the priority is that there can be some fun induction week because we, we hopefully will be getting a ceremony in 2021 in Cleveland. And then a little bit lower on the prairie list, maybe we'll do a live podcast at some point as well. To be honest, my goal is next time it's in, so next year it's in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're talking Jay-Z, Foo Fighters likely, and then whoever else. I, I my goal is to start getting you guys. I think you guys deserve press credentials. You got to see some of these people that are in the press room, man. I, I never like some. I get it, right? Like XXL magazine shows up when Tupac gets inducted. Okay, fine. But then there's like these radio stations, and I'm like, people still listen to you, like, <laughs> <laughs> and they give them all the questions. Some classic rock guy from iHeartRadio. I'm just so I don't even want to see his face again. I'm like, it's every question. Yeah. Give me the microphone. <laughs> I will be asking some questions. There was a guy last year in New York from my hometown. I kid you not. The Rochester, New York Music Hall of Fame was in the press room. What the hell? <laughs> and I have okay. no idea why. And he found out I was from Rochester. And he's giving me all his press materials. I'm like, dude, get the hell away from me. Okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, who cares about the music hall? The Rochester. Rot- <laughs> Look it up. I like, it's like <laughs> if you lived in Rochester for a week and you were famous, they induct you. It's like, yeah, that's uh, red. dubious. But yeah, we can, we'll start Who Cares About the Roch Hall uh, yeah. next year. For That'll sure. be our secondary podcast. So that's someone's high school project. That should be someone's. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's, let's go back. 2016 was a, a pretty, it was like one of the shortest ceremonies on record in Brooklyn, and that was the very classic rock heavy, cheap trick, deep purple oh, Chicago God. Steve Miller. Oh my God. Yeah. So why do you got to bring that up, Joe? Why <laughs> we, we, can, we can pass over it if you so like. So Pearl Jam, yeah, the Pearl Jam, which I was talking about 2018 then. I, I forgot this ceremony, thank God. Because right. I it's, thought it, people were going to die on stage. <laughs> <laughs> very old. And like NWA was inducted that year, but they didn't Whoa. even perform. So it's like. Well, there was the Steve Miller episode in the, the press Steve room. Miller- uh, he he yeah. went off. I was like, everybody he, was in shock. He, what did he say back there? He said if he had talked to Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, 
he would never have shown up to the ceremony, which then that's how we realized that NWA would, Ice Cube never said this. He was kind of the spokesman for the group. We kind of got the sense there that NWA didn't perform because somebody pissed them off. I don't know, you know, someone from the Rock Hall. <laughs> uh, the Rock Hall tells you it's because he was busy with a movie and they didn't have time to rehearse. But then I think he, NWA reunited at like Coachella two weeks later or something like yeah. that. Interesting. Um, I had heard that it was just that what they wanted to do, the hall could not accommodate. But I'm sure there's um, there's a lot of different angles Steve Miller to it. Kind, yeah, Steve Miller kind of revealed all. It was a he's, – he's basically talked about the, the Rock Hall supposed to clear copyrighted information because they're using you to sell a broadcast. And they're using all your music to make these videos that are going to live on forever for HBO. And Steve Miller – almost didn't go on because he basically said like they didn't clear all this stuff the contracts aren't signed he he wanted elton john to induct him he had elton john lined up and they told him no oh, we yeah, got the black they had, keys they yeah. had the absolutely most boring soulless in, <laughs> in, like induction for him they didn't even like, know Did him the black keys yeah. even have they ever heard oh. of steve miller like this is very sad there's no then, connection I mean, he went off in his induction speech <laughs> so i can only imagine what he was like back i mean that's yeah. the infamous moment where you really think he's gonna say some shit and then he's like and induct more women and i'm like Okay, Steve. No. Like, I mean, they tried to kick him off stage. A press woman said, okay, that's it. And Steve said, you don't tell me when I'm done. I tell you when I'm done. And everyone started clapping. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Honestly, Steve Miller, no roles. Who would have thought like the person to go off the most would be Steve Miller? Like if you had to just like rain. When NWA is there. Yeah, like yeah. NWA is there. And it turns out actually Steve Miller's backstage spilling all the tea being like, and they didn't clear it and the contracts aren't signed and like fuck these people. Like It's what it was. I mean, NWA, let's be honest, like Janet or a lot of people got their award, got in a limo went back to the airport or whatever, went yeah. back to the hotel. They, they, they weren't there. They weren't involved. They didn't stay at their tables. But I got the sense from asking around that something went on, not, not like a huge fight or anything, but I think Ice Cube and Dr. Dre caught a whiff of what the Rock Hall was trying to do and was like, nah, we're good. We'll use this to promote my movie or the yeah. record label or whatever, but, you know, screw this. <laughs> yeah, I have to just say... The Steve Miller having Elton John lined up, I don't know that I fully believe. <laughs> I mean, like, if, like, the Rock Hall would not say no to Elton John for the play. Like, there's the no man said way. he had Elton John, Joe. I, he had, he I had don't a, believe it. I don't. Should have broke out the cell phone and put yeah, Elton. Yeah, I want the receipts. I want the receipts because I do not believe that he had. Oh yeah, I want Elton John, but they they were like, oh, I don't know. There's no. You get. You want Elton John? You would get Elton John. You have I a think, valid point, Joe. I also believe, have we ever seen a picture is, of Steve Miller and Elton John together? John Steve Miller connection. We've yeah, never seen, is, I've, I, I just, I, I think There's a lot of weird, guys, there's a lot of, lot of weird stories. I mean, we could get into the whole Dire Straits thing. With, let's do it. Let's just fucking do it. We simply must. Also, but really quickly though. So backstage, Steve Miller's like, this is some bullshit. They don't clear the music. It's very clear that we are being used for them. And also, you know, I was hanging out with Ice Cube and he feels the same. Is that what he said? Like if I had. I think he had a run in with Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. Somebody was like, we got a new song. Fuck the rock hall. All right. And that's going to be like, um, you know, but he was so angry. You know, and I think it's because he's an outsider because there's mm-hmm. levels to this. They treat you differently based on who you are. And oh, yeah. 
you know, if you're Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney, bring whoever you want. We comped your hotel. Mark Knopfler's brother was going to come to the Dire Straits ceremony. They went and pay for his cab or a hotel. <laughs> he was like, I can't even get cab fare. I'm yeah. not coming. I also, I, I also wonder about that. <laughs> I, cause would you pay for a cab for Mark Knopfler? I would, any Knopfler, any Knopfler, I'd give him some cab money for sure. But I just really? wonder about David Knopfler being like, well, they, they wouldn't even pay for my, my cab or they wouldn't pay for my hotel, which is like, I think that's just untrue. Like, Joe is so dubious. He is not buying any of these stories. I really like, am because uh, if you're the rock hall, like you, you, that's not where you cut corners, like with cab fare. You just don't do that. It sounds to me like either a miscommunication or like he, I, I don't know. I just don't really. I wasn't. They were like, all right, we'll pay for your cab if you get your brother to show up <laughs> to call us back. There's stories. Do, I, yeah. I do There's believe that, that with people that they maybe that aren't playing the game or her being difficult, that maybe they are, they try do treat them differently i do believe that i think so and i, just, I, I think like no i was gonna say stories like supposedly neil young wasn't included in crosby stills and nash induction because he got pissed off that they wouldn't give him more tickets to the ceremony or something there's all these sort of folk store these, these folklore of, yeah. of things that happen i uh, really celebrities and rich people wanting free stuff <laughs> is like another who cares for me. Uh, I understand that we're like willing to give Sir Paul McCartney anything he wants for free, but he's like the person who needs nothing for free ever. Yeah. And it's, it's like that inverse of logic. It, it makes zero sense to give the people who need the least the most all the time, but we always do it mm -hmm. because we do it to be, for their clout and to be like uh, associated with people who are rich and successful, but like, it's so stupid. It's just so funny. It's like, yeah, Neil Young, if you wanted 30 tickets, you could just like buy 30 tickets. You, you can, you have the it, money. You, know? you have the money. He was looking for a reason to be pissed off. You know, he's uh -huh. like, I'm not pissed enough coming into this ceremony with Buffalo Springfield being conducted. Yeah. <laughs> I need some... No, I, I think when you go to a ceremony, especially to be backstage, it's not even the artist. It, it's it's there's almost a dirty feeling to it because it's all it's a fundraiser, which is fine. You know, technically it's a fundraiser for the foundation and for, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Music? No, <laughs> that still exists. Is that still? No, there's no Gosh. way. The music was not saved. It went away. Oh, the music is not saved. Think about this. So you got a guy, Kurt Cobain. His band's getting inducted. It's his band, and he's dead. So they're performing, and I'm telling you that in front of them are. HBO executives, <laughs> they don't yeah. they don't know anything about come as you are and all this stuff. And the real fans are up in the nosebleeds. And then you see these these rich people, HBO gets people who can afford tables because the tables are a hundred thousand dollars a piece, stumbling drunkenly backstage trying to get photos on the in front of you know the rock hall sign where. Pearl Jam is going to, well, Pearl Jam didn't show up, but the artists are going to stand backstage. Yeah. And there's, there's kind of a dirty feeling to that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, with the fact that the who's in front of the, the band are these extraordinarily expensive <laughs> tables and then everyone else has to sit far away. Yeah, it's like almost like a political cartoon. Like, it is, well, it, it's <laughs> like when you go to the Hollywood Bowl, the front seats are just sad, old, rich people sitting down 
still. It's a, it's and, such a problem with so many venues and concerts that some artists have started to alter the way they do their ticketing so that like Springsteen does that, doesn't he? So that people up yeah. front can be people who are paying the least, and so you, you, there's a little bit of a correction for that. Very strange and not fun for anybody. No, I think U two brings like takes people out of line. They do like yes. kind of. Yeah. I went to a U two concert and they it, like they would scan your ticket and then it was like randomized. Like maybe you would get to be like fully in the pit, and that's that's how they did it. Uh, just give me a that pit or so something. Cool. Yeah. No, it is cool. Like, can you imagine like Rage Rage Against the Machine will probably get in in the next decade or whatever. Is that is that HBO? You know, CFO at that front Did he really rage <laughs> against the machine? Any machine? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, you know what? Why don't we uh, take a little bit of a break? And when we come back, we will have more to talk about. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you you shook out some of your nervous energy. That's right. Maybe it worked. didn't spiral at all. I hope you are feeling great. Keeping it level. Keeping it level. All right. So, Troy, the induction special, it's not a ceremony, it's a special. The induction special is happening uh, in a week from when this episode drops. So I I want to do a little bit of kind of what to expect and what uh, we we think might happen. It's going to be, this conversation is going to be interesting because you have seen it. You've seen the special. You've seen it? Yeah, why they sent me a screener. <clears throat> I've watched the whole thing. Uh, I want to warn you that I was told some of the graphics and music wasn't fully mastered. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we can't really trust your opinion on any of this Listen, because I can't not- tell you why those watermarks were still on some of the photos. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, screener. This is kind of confirmation that like the ceremony has been more or less in the can for almost like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because to it. I, I, I've already announced that I already wrote a story that there's a Betty, Eddie Van Halen tribute. He passed away on the 6th, I believe, so of October. So, yeah, they, they, they added that. I don't know when, but at least that, that if that's the newest piece, did Little Richard pass away before Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they've, they've put the finishing touches. It, the cere- the, what I saw is not complete. It's still editing uh, graphics and stuff, and there's no credits in a square. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we still have to add that in, but yeah, it's, but it's recently you know, like, done. What ninety, at least ninety, ninety-five percent there. Oh yeah, the yeah, content. yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of questions, but let's just let's review. So we've gotten a little bit more information, Kristen, because you don't know this, oh. you don't know anything. But uh, there was <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I know a lot of things. I just don't know a lot about things I per- actively dislike. There was a trailer. They released a trailer for oh. this special. trailer. It's so amazing. We, We've seen. <laughs> oh, I was like, "Is it?" Curtis shook his head. Really me. Yeah. Well, it'd be great if it was great. I mean, I'm always rooting for them to turn this ship around, for them to do something amazing, surprising. They don't, but yeah. I, but I really am rooting for them. Yeah. the The main things we took from the trailer is we saw some of the and more guests. <laughs> You know, because that original press release mm-hmm. wrote and right. more. And the, the three that we saw, we saw uh, Jimmy Iovine talking about Nine Inch Nails, which, you know, I get why he's not on the press release. Not super exciting. We have Jackson Brown talking about John Landau. 
because you know uh, when John Landau was still I a producer can't and these stuff. Made the fucking cut. I mean, I if this, <laughs> I just want you to know, like, really, just briefly. You know, I'm so frustrated and annoyed by the stupid three white managers that are getting put in or whatever. Oh, so we yeah. two. Only two, chill. whatever. Like, literally, who cares? Literally, who cares? If there had been a full special, like, if it had been a full induction ceremony, I will say they would have been cut for time. They, they would have done 10 seconds and been like, and I these don't... guys got in, unless they're uh, like Jackson Brown talking about someone. Well, the thing is, well, they have Springsteen. They have Springsteen been, as yeah. well. So, and, the, and they won't uh, cut yeah. a second of Springsteen. You don't ever. cut Springsteen. I know that. <laughs> You get an hour speech on top of his speech. That's what you get. Uh, and then the third one, which was interesting, was talking about the Doobie Brothers, Judd Apatow. <laughs> sure, He's got I, jokes, man. He's a super fan. Yeah, I guess. It, it was weird, but all right. There's a more. I mean, I'm, I can't. So I could say that apparently Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, is, he wants everything to be a surprise. So I, I, my guess is that's, first of all, Nine Inch Nails had the most people speaking. During oh, it's it's featurette, I'll call it. It's it's mini cool. doc by far the most people. Apparently, Trey Rezard doesn't want anything revealed out there, so I think that's why Some a lot names. of those people aren't there. Okay. The other thing too is wait till you see who inducts Depeche Mode, and then let the rage begin. That's all I gotta say about that. Okay. <laughs> now, well, it's well, Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> inducting well, everybody. Lin Manuel inducts everybody. <laughs> So that's interesting because we know we know Miley and St. Vincent and Jimmy Iovine will be talking about Nine Inch Nails. That's been speculated on and pretty much confirmed by the trailer. You know, yes, and St. Vincent, they're they're both great. Uh, Miley was good. St. Vincent's fantastic in, in what she talks about as well. With Depeche Mode, you know, we know we have the inside track that Billy Gibbons is involved. Yeah, he doesn't induct Depeche Mode. Okay, so there, there's there's a big big surprise. Is that yeah? Billy Gibbons is, yeah. is the frontman. I think that the Depeche Mode thing was weird. I mean, I, you know, they've asked me not to spoil it probably because it's so terrible. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I, it's just so weird. Bad. Like Billy Gibbons was surprising to me to be involved in that. He says you know good stuff, but uh, I wasn't expecting that. I know ZZ Top got big around that time that Depeche Mode started to get big or take off. So, yeah. yeah. And then and there's the obvious parallel stuff. parallel careers. ZZ Top <laughs> and Depeche Mode. I mean, you can't have one without the other. The closest thing I can think of is Eliminator Violator. <laughs> I, I mean, there's the obvious stuff, right? Like Diddy talks in the Biggie segment. Diddy and Duck's Biggie. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. That's just clear. Yeah, that that's was clear right. before he was even nominated. Like, we, when Biggie gets in, it's going to be Diddy. There's no Yeah, way. there's the obvious stuff. There's the Springsteen, there's Diddy, you know, uh, Henley uh, for the Don Eagles. Henley for like, Irving yeah. Azoff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there's the obvious ones. Yeah, we, we did a... Uh... We did a whole episode where we kind of connected the dots and then watching the trailer, it was, you know, for the most part confirmed, you know, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty obvious, you know, we were able to make the connection from Charlize Theron to Depeche Mode by looking at the, uh, that whatever fucking Atomic Blonde, I think was the movie <laughs> where she had them put in some Depeche Mode songs, you know, there were some weird ones, but we were, we were able to kind of suss it out, you know, Chris Martin really likes Depeche Mode and, you know, there, there's all sorts of different. Yeah, everything is odd. I don't think there was any shocking, if you know, especially if you know the artist, like if you know Lynn, you know, Manuel Miranda's background, I mean, it's not surprising to see where he's at in the documentary, uh, the special. So yeah, I think with everybody, it's pretty obvious. So it's a series of featurettes, it sounds like. Yeah, like, so it's, it's basically a yeah. two hour rock doc 
mm-hmm. uh, VH1. So, no, so yeah, but basically two hours is two hours and seven minutes without credits. I that's think. a that's about as short as it's ever been. And yeah, honestly, so, we love to see it. <laughs> you know those videos where they play right before an artist performs, or yeah, the they, they're our, they're our oh, favorite. Yeah. yeah, it's basically That's my just part of the whole thing. They just extend those out a, a little longer. And my favorites, to be honest, were the Doobie Brothers was great. Nine Inch Nails is fantastic. You could tell Trent. I feel like Trent had a hand in producing his. Mm-hmm. And the Biggie one is very emotional, just because if you've ever seen or heard uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s mother, Belinda Wallace, speak. Mm-hmm. She's very emotional about her son and it's very good and it's natural to her in painting this human quality for a rapper, which is rare, to be honest. The way she talks about her son to say, my baby was the most beautiful baby you'd ever seen. Like, you feel that. So his was very emotional and really good. Would you say there is, in terms of the structure, like, you kind of implied it before, but there is a one specific person doing one speech, like Diddy inducting Biggie, or do they like... Yeah, so there's kind of like, yeah, there's somebody comes out, basically inducts the band it kind of the artists it seemed like maybe some of them didn't know that's what they were doing (laughs) okay Um, but they give kind of their little monologue which is shorter than they normally are way shorter i bet in the ceremony and then they go into it's my honor to induct nine inch nails and then cue up this, this the package the, the package. package and then all the people are incorporated in the package some of the interviews are new they got some big names for a couple of these uh, and then they incorporate some old footage old interviews which is well. always the best part i loved i joe in our years of doing this podcast has always been like you know then you see the package and you'll realize that the band is really good and that that you like them and maybe this artist isn't as terrible and maybe you like the moody blues and, you know, I've come around on a lot of artists based on the packages. It's not but, the Moody Blues. <laughs> <laughs> but I have not come around on the Moody Blues. I will say that, and I, I do not apologize. You're but, correct. The, they did that for me. I feel like the Doobie Brothers package will do that for a lot of people because mm-hmm. for younger folks, you're kind of like, here's another B-list classic rock band. But the package they put together, uh, sort of the influence they have, and then that transition into the Michael McDonald era, it's it's fun to watch. They have one of the more enjoyable packages I felt, as opposed to some of the other ones. A couple of the other ones, I didn't feel like were were fleshed out as well. Yeah, yeah I, I will say I definitely expect to really enjoy the Doobie Brothers one. Because the thing is, when we've talked about them or like done any episodes about them, I'm like, oh yeah, they're fun. I don't hate them. I like them just fine. I just am so annoyed all the time by the makeup of the rock hall. And this is just like such a rock hall move to induct the Doobie Brothers. And so while I I don't hate the Doobies, I'm just like, ugh, okay, great, cool. Yeah, but you also have to expect that there's going to be one, at least one slot. And when it is just one slot a year, that is weirdly like some progress. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like it was Doobie Brothers and also Foreigner and Jimmy Buffett, like that all in the same year. That's, (laughs) Krista just gave a thumbs up on her Zoom window. But yeah, I mean, like if, if you are going to induct your kind of more typical classic rock band. They're also running out. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. That's why I say they, the Rock Hall is notorious. One of my, my biggest beefs 
other than women and, and the diversity in the recent years is they tend to go with C-level 70s, maybe even 80s bands than an A-list, A-level 90s band. I, I don't agree with that. It's time. It's like now is when you get the really amazing A-level 90s bands in, you know, first year eligible kind of people. And you really do it the way that you did with the 60s or the 70s when it's like the when the first year eligible for a great band from that era happened, then you just put them in. Yeah, I think this class ended up being a much better one than the ballot suggested. You know, we do, we do have a significant number of artists that had music, relevant music in the 90s, from Whitney to Depeche Mode to Nine Inch Nails to Biggie. I mean, all of them were vital in the 90s. But then when you when we first looked at the ballot, it felt like, oh. Right. I think it's, <laughs> a, you know, because you had like Thin Lizzy and Todd Runger and a lot of those other artists still on there, Pat Benatar, and not to argue whether they deserve to be in or not, but it's a good sign because we give the nominating committee a lot of flack. A lot of times we probably should direct that more towards the voters because there That's are people like. on the ballot. So maybe this is sort of an example of where we are moving forward, especially like I said, next year you have, I believe Jay-Z will definitely get in. And I think Foo Fighters will probably get in. I wonder so about that. I think it's, it's I think it's it depends. Possible. It depends how they outline the ballot, right? Because I think yeah. sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot let's put four 90s bands that are just like each other on the same ballot. Yeah. They did with the hard rock this year. I mean. Yeah. Motorhead and Judas Priest is going to, yeah, I saw that. I go, neither of them is getting in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think that that was even exacerbated by the inclusion of Soundgarden and Thin Lizzy too. I have a feeling all four of those, I think there's, it's no coincidence that those four did not get in. Who's voted, right? Like Dr. Dre's like, Oh, got my ballot in the mail. <laughs> got to yeah. sit out. And- <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone take five. I got to really hold it down. As, throws yeah. it as an assistant. Fill this thing out if you want. Uh, I'm curious, but every once in a while you see someone surprising like online post their ballot. I think, I think it was like maybe MC Ren who was like, all right, got to fill out my ballot. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, Ren. Yeah, anybody, you know, and I love MC Ren, but anybody with the time on their hands that, you know, they're good to go. But like, is Jerry Lee Lewis still filling out? No, I'd say no way. My man barely can probably chew food. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Like, but you know, I, I have, I have heard that people like Stevie Nicks or Elton John do fill out their ballots, you know? So it's, it's, you know, you, you got to remember that these, a lot of these people love music. So it is fun. And also they have a lot, a lot of these people have friends who are often on the ballot too. And I think that's a, a problem but yeah. you know in terms of you know objectivity of the whole process but it's uh, such a weird thing like when you're putting you're nominating someone who's in the room on the nominating committee is weird like yeah that <laughs> is really not to say that rage against the machine i know tom rell is involved e street band steve van Zandt's very involved in the rock hall does the singles category but they're in the room it's just weird like yeah. what do they say it's about time you guys brought up the E Street Band. Or, uh, well, you know, I mean, like, even with that, the fucking E Street Band wasn't even on the ballot. They weren't on the right. ballot. They just like they just went he right said in. That, he said that they were like, let's just put him in before he stabs everyone. He goes Sopranos uh, here, yeah, and he Jesus. just like, oh takes everyone out. No. I love it. It's funny as I talked to Steve Van Zandt about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he's very candid about the singles category. I mean, so I like Steve Van Zandt. To his credit, he stands by what he thinks of who should be in and whatnot, so... More power to him. Yeah, he's got a pretty clear vision. And I haven't told anyone this yet. I'll probably write about this week. No singles category this year. Yeah, 
Hallelujah. Sorry, I don't mean to say that like, no, like I don't you mean to be funny. like no shit, but I'm like no shit. They're better you know, not funny. be in the singles category this year. I'll get in trouble for this, but I might, but I don't care because they don't grant me interviews, the foundation. So I asked them to confirm because I watched the screeners, no singles category. So I emailed the foundation to say, what's up with that? They go, well, you know, we really, it's not worth it if we can't do it live. And I go, the singles category, is it worth it? <laughs> That's the one. That's the oh. one we couldn't do if it's not. Hilarious <laughs> answer. What a truly hilarious answer. I, yeah. I was floored. I was like, because, would you, you pre-tape know, that whole thing? And then Steve Van yeah, just talks. The famous singles category where each single is performed live and everybody's looking forward to it and it's just like a staple of the ceremony. I would maybe like the singles category a little bit better if they would acknowledge it with like some sort of live performance or something. I would love that. Give me, give me a medley. A right? medley. Yeah. You get one cool, get great weird band out. that can cover them up. Weird Al. Legit, you're speaking uh, Joe's language, but literally, I would love that if you got Weird Al or just like somebody who could do all the songs and they did a medley and also it wasn't just like whatever little Steven wants. It was like a legit category and not just like... Or you get like a and right. you get like a, a yeah you make it a legit category and you get like a cool newer band to do it that it would be like a cool opportunity for them to get this kind of exposure right. or just get the greatest cover band ever was that like three dog night or something oh my you know what's crazy is the rock hall it's to my opinion from my experience the singles category caught the museum which is a separate entity from the foundation yeah. off guard the museum was like wait, what is this? And they weren't prepared for people to consider these songs being inducted. I talked to Greg Harris backstage. And Greg um, Harris is, is the man who- the CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. And I said, Greg, so there's buzz going around in the press room that there's this new singles category where songs are being inducted. And he gave this look. And Greg's very like public persona, nice guy. Keeps it together. He had his face like, no, 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 no. These songs aren't being inducted. So then here comes Steve Van Zandt. We're inducting these songs into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jesus. And, and they still you, have no representation of these songs. Like the they're, not, uh, they're not on the wall. They don't have a plan. nowhere. But also they're all already, as I, if I believe correctly, well, they're the all included year. on the songs that shaped rock and roll, which are all in jukeboxes you can listen to at the Rock Hall. That was done years ago. There's no plaque, nothing in the in the rock, unless they put something up without telling anybody, which they've been known to do. But um, as far as I know, and I've been in the museum as much as anyone who doesn't work there, there's nothing representing well, the singles. that's also the thing that they basically said at, when they were inducting the singles last year, was they're like, these are songs that every, that little Steven thinks should be on every jukebox. That was suddenly the new criteria yeah. for being in the singles category. <laughs> when I interviewed him, he literally told me, and no shame, it's him, John Landau, maybe Bruce, spinning some records, drinking a little, and chilling and deciding what songs should go into the singles category. And I'm just like, this is what? <laughs> fucking cronyism, if I've ever seen it. No. What is uh what does Steve did have like you know what what did he slow dance to at prom or something? It really is that. <laughs> well, I- Joe was so pissed. I talk about this a fair amount, but Joe was so pissed during the ceremony. Well, the Isley Brothers. Out loud when the Isley Brothers song got in. Unforgivable. It's unforgivable. How he was you... so pissed. What's the point then? Like, I get it if it's artists that are probably not going to get in the hall. All right, fine. 
but you fucking put the Isley brothers in, then it's like, okay, well, none of this matters. None of this makes any sense. What's the point of doing this? And I then just you- don't, yeah, I didn't get the, I'm with you. I, it didn't make any sense because it was unnecessary because first of all, there's what, 10,000 songs that could be, you conceivably not be, you know, you wouldn't make yeah. a fuss about, there's thousands of songs, but like, yeah. that's a great song. Easily. And, and just, <laughs> just to like under, <laughs> to underline this point, we did a draft to try to guess what we thought the singles were going to be. And usually, you know, when we do a draft for the nominees and stuff, we usually do pretty well. We usually get like a lot of them on the board. We tried to do it with the singles for what we thought little Steven was going to induct. And of like, I don't know, I think we picked 25 songs. We won. There was only one we were able to guess. I remember that because there's a lot of people think, oh, they're going to put, you know, hey, Mr. Postman. And it's like Motown's first number one single or whatever, you know, there's a lot of songs. And then he, he shows up and he just walks out here <laughs> random as hell with like shadows of the night. With I need <laughs> that was a weird one because that's not even the definitive version of Gloria. Well, the know? other thing, too, is like you put the twist in and great chubby checkers version and we all know it that's not his song like you know it's yeah. a hank ballard song but it is i but that that's like one of the ones that i can like get behind right like we don't we don't induct chubby checker maybe not a great artist that is true we, we put in the twist because it was like one of the because it's, it's iconic singles. it's a very it's important formative i just didn't get it and then the year they put the asley brothers in just so happened the asley brothers were the only ones interviewed about the singles category in the if you remember that ronald isley they had video of him talking about the song. I don't know if that was older video or they oh, did that. Oh, that must have been older. It was video really weird. <laughs> from what I understand, is that they just don't. They don't like even tell the artists, which is another part of it. It was like, why don't aren't you That's involving weird. them? And That's he got weird. cut from the broadcast last year. Yeah, so oh, did it already? Oh, yeah, wow. so it wasn't even in the broadcast. I didn't even know that. So it was in. The, it's only been in the broadcast one year as a total like curveball yeah i guess it's a good thing we write about it then because no one would ever (laughs) no one knows what it is it's (laughs) so funny they talk about you know and it's so funny that the hall told you well like oh if we can't do it live Kristen, if you might recall you might recall too troy you might have picked this up from the press room but in 2019 when when he was doing it there was like a major technical mishap where like the sound wasn't coming out and he was just like all right uh uh, it was while the leader of the pack was playing and then he made like the audience sing it and he like conducted with his fingers. It was lame and it was bad. And <laughs> he's so I, into it though. Like ugh. he comes out and it's like, Steve Van Zandt, have you ever met Steve Van Talk to Steve Van Zandt. He's a music snob, which is fine. We, a lot of us are. Yeah, and for sure. He just happens to have a lot of clout in the industry from people he's worked with. And he wields this power. Like he comes out and he's like introducing these songs and you're just sitting there like, what, we don't need you to tell us that this is a great song. Like everybody knows this is one of the greatest songs of all time. What I want to know is why this matters. If you want to say, like, I don't know. It's- it matters because it was when they hit their second drink of the night. Everyone was just like exactly perfectly buzzed when they put the record on and they were like, this is it. It's going in. If you If you guys understand the inner workings of, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. It's a lot of, there's a lot of money at play. There's a lot of bureaucracy. Um, and there's good people behind it. The foundation is so much of a mystery. And that's who puts on these, the induction. I, I don't want to, I'm not saying it's shady. I'm not saying any of that. It's just, it's weird. It's freaking weird because think about it, right? You're the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. What do you do? 
where's the fundraiser? Where's the charity that there is the like instrument you're putting in little kids' hands? I must be missing the press releases because I don't see any of this going yeah, on. Because the museum makes it very clear right. where they where have an educational program. They have all this stuff. The museum. Look, people are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars that are on the board of directors for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. This is all public information. It's a year behind. They're a little bit. They wait till like the day before they have to publicly <laughs> make it. But yeah, my question is what. What is the foundation doing each year other than putting on a rock hall ceremony? This is our next season, okay? We're following the money. This is becoming an investigative oh, podcast. We're going to put out a hit on you, Kristen. We're not going to see you anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll keep my lips shut. <laughs> I, I, I just Can say this because... future with yeah. as, as a voter. I, I asked... I tried to get an interview with John Sykes, the chairman of the Rock Hall. I thought he'd be all about it because they're not getting much press right now because we have a pre-taped ceremony. It's been forever, it feels like. There's a since... huge election happening the week that they're putting it out. You yeah, don't want to talk like, to me. It feels like they're burying it almost. It's just weird. I, I've always wondered that. And look, and I could be completely ignorant. I want to I say this, even though I, I do as much as I can to, to report as much information I know about these org- institutions, these organizations, but I can't tell you what the main purpose of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation is other than to put on a ceremony. And I don't understand how that constitutes your number two, for example, at the foundation, making $400,000 a year. Yeah. The money, you guys, I'm serious. If we don't have anything to report on, then we got to start making FOIA (laughs) requests. Okay. I'm into it. This is this is what I'm about. All right, we're starting a new it's, podcast. You guys should have. Who pays for the Rock Hall? Let me tell you. So, you guys, if you ever want, you know, in the future, you need to guess. My editor Mike Norman covered. He's been covering Rock Hall since it opened. Oh, so sure. I caught. So, if you ever want some stories, look. There's a whole thing about. If you want to dig this up, I don't have time. Nobody has time for these <laughs> things. But there was a lawsuit at the beginning of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The person who came up with the idea was basically pushed out by Jan Wenner. Yeah, and there was a yeah that's, yeah, that's documented. Public, yeah, in, nope. in the Jan Winter biography. Where's that guy? They kill him? Well, I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we, with the fishes, you guys, we're pulling threads here. I'm sure he got a nice chunk of change never to say I anything bet. about the Rock and Roll Fame again. But these are the type of stories. And and Mike Norman, who is involved in the Rock Hall coming to Cleveland, he knows a lot about that stuff. He has also like really interesting stories about. Uh, he always has a story about some jam session he missed. Right, like he was in his hotel room for the year that Billy Joel got inducted and another reporter's like, Hey man, I'm going to this party in the penthouse. Mike's like, no, I got an early flight, but the guy never told him it was Paul McCartney and Billy Joel's after party. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. That Um, sucks. But Hey, sorry, I go off on a tangent there, but I, I I often wonder, I'd love to dig into the foundation. I I want them to tell me, yeah. Like, tell me where I'm wrong. Like, what do you, like, what, I know the Rock Hall has education programs. If all this stuff, what well, does the foundation do? And also the concept of a foundation in itself <laughs> can often be a cloak, you know, right. because it's like, oh, we're a foundation and you make an excellent point, which is like, and so what do you do? <laughs> Oh, we, fa- you we, found, we found it. Once, you, we... you produce a ceremony once a year. Like, so a foundation in general, I, I mean, a foundation has to have some sort of charitable component to it. I and thought. if it's to, yeah, right. There's no breakdown of, okay, if your job is a foundation is to lobby people in New York to support the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, 
which is the only, which is one of the main reasons the ceremony is in New York and not in Cleveland every year, because that's where the money is. Okay. But then you've got a question, why do you have 20 people on a board making all this? It doesn't, the structure doesn't make sense to me. It It doesn't add up. They were very attached to Rolling Stone. Um, yeah. for a while but now that Wenner's gone and that it, that, that seems to have you know gone away a little bit even though Jan Wenner's in the special oh I, interesting I forget for who no no I don't I oh, probably Landau. probably probably land out yeah that would make the yeah. most sense well what one last thing I, I have to ask back to the special this induction special is are there <laughs> any performances should we expect any performance that was going to be my question as well oh boy uh no okay <laughs> <laughs> all right I mean, um there's a I'll, lot of live footage of depeche mode okay that's cool <laughs> I think I they guess. might have ran out of like people to talk about depeche mode and there's like i feel like at certain points i was like are they gonna show this concert in its entirety it's like a recent one and i'm like interesting are we gonna get this i will say this depeche mode was the most entertaining acceptance speech okay they, they had drink they were ready they had drinks in hand they were nice. good to go <laughs> Very good. Um, so uh, no, no, no live performances whatsoever. Okay. And you know, that is, so it's like the things that I like about the show are the packages and the performances, some of the performances. You, you supersized one half of that equation and then eliminated the other. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, hopefully we don't have to fucking do this again next year. Hopefully next year we can get a big fun ceremony with Jay-Z and I don't know, the Go-Go's. That would be great. If I don't get a Jay Z performance next year, I'm done. All right. <laughs> You're out. You're I don't calling. want any pre-taped Jay Z and Beyonce moments. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna wind up just like me with Pat Benatar. I said, hey, if she doesn't get in, I'm out. I walk, and yet here I am. I sit. Yeah. I zoom. There's there's no there's no escaping it. Uh, well, yeah. Hopefully there's a ceremony next year, and hopefully we we can see you in Cleveland, and and we can all breathe easy and not have to worry about going to a concert. I await that. Well, I did my own little rock call special for my CLE Rocks podcast, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I had Joe on the podcast. I did get some cool interviews. So you know, we've got Perry Farrell talking about T Rex, which is really cool. Oh, that's um, very cool. So that podcast will come on next week, but yeah, I think. Hopefully we get some live stuff next year. We're all get into the ceremonious press. We'll just take over the press room, get our nice wraps, get your turkey wrap, tuna wrap, whatever wraps they're providing <laughs> the big that year. Hoagie. They got a big old hoagie backstage for once. There it is. I'll get in on the hoagie. There it yes. is. Well, yeah, Troy, thank you so much for joining us. The the Cleveland Rocks podcast, CLE rocks uh you've, you've talked to already so many great people including myself uh is there anything else you'd like to plug your <laughs> you you've talked to so many great people and myself. and then and then yeah <laughs> additionally uh, no, uh, yeah i'm going i'm going on vacation so i got nothing to plug I just, okay <laughs> your social media or anything where can people follow you twitter trail smith but you could check out cle rocks on Acast and any other major podcast platform but yeah trail smith on twitter That's hit me you- up that's where you go for all the, the rock. That's what you news. need to know. You need my, yeah, all the rock hall news, all the anger, all the frustration, the, all the pain. That's the where pain you'll that find it. That's eats where you'll up find my it. soul. 
Yeah. Uh, and you can, of course, follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. RockHallPod at gmail.com is our email address. If you'd like to send us a message, please do so. If you want Kristen to see it, you need to say that somewhere in the message. Otherwise, I'm not forwarding it to her. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. If you leave a nice review and it's not five stars, that's not helpful. Please just mm-hmm. do five stars. Uh, and thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the rock hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.